Whenever people stare at me, I just smile. I think that's an unexpected reaction. Some teachers, they're just not patient with me, and they'll just say, detention. If I do this and it goes wrong, I look like an idiot. At the end of the day, I'm no different except from I've got a couple of kilogram of carbon fibre attached to me. Hi, I'm Lewis Mason and welcome to a brand new podcast. Recently, I met the Knights Foundation Youth Ambassadors, all who live with different disabilities. They shared so many stories with me, some really emotional, some absolutely hilarious about day-to-day life with a disability. Everyone in the room that day said everyone else deserves to hear this. Everyone else needs to hear this. So welcome to the Knights Foundation podcast. Let's meet our ambassadors. Hi, I'm Milo, I'm 12 years old, I've got hydrocephalus, which basically means water brain, and I do painting in my free time. Hi, I'm Lewis, I'm 16, I've got hydrocephalus and spina bifida. Some of do my legs, they don't work, I don't get it. Hi, I'm Sophia, I'm 18 years old, I have a condition called cerebral palsy. doesn't really matter to me, I'm pretty much, like to do whatever I want to do, doesn't affect me as much as it can. And yeah, I love to sing. Hi, I'm Callum. I'm 18 years old. I live with a disability called hypokalemic periodic paralysis. I am the only one in the world that has been like tested on for it and stuff. And yeah, that's all you really need to know. I don't understand it. You don't understand it. Who cares? Team, how are we? Good. Good. Yeah, not yeah. bad. Oh, we got so much to talk about. We've met before and it was so much fun talking about all different aspects of your life so we thought actually this time we need to do it but record it so that's what we're going to do um but we need a bit of focus because i know some of you sophia um go off on a tangent quite a lot and you know just start talking and talking and talking but we need a little bit of focus so i've got some cards here which have topics on we're going to pick a theme for today callum all right do the honors here we go oh he's gone for that one what does it say um, it says um, teenage kicks. Teenage kicks. I'm not gonna lie, I did not have a clue what that means. Isn't that a song? Oh, go on, give us give us a blast. Oh no, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you put yourself. She said she was a big singer, right? Yeah. Teenage kicks about living life as a teenager with a disability, but just living life as a teenager because you're all kind of at that age where life can be quite tricky as a teenager it's one of those stages of life where so much is going on emotionally physically and there's just a lot of opportunity but what comes to your head straight away when you think of life as a teenager Lou? Well I mean first thing that comes to my mind is awful but that's probably because I'm quite a down person with my disability but yeah it's only awful if you make it awful so I've been there, but I'm not there anymore. Been there, done that, got the yeah. T-shirt. <laughs> you don't really, like, come out of it. No. You just kind of get through it, and then there's no point dwelling on it, do you know what I mean? So, like, you'll feel it, but then you also need to know that everything you feel is temporary. So it's not consistent. It's going to stop. What would you say to Lou, saying, do you know what, I don't like life as a teenager? I think it's different because, like, the age gap here is very different. Me and Callum are both 
18, correct me if I'm wrong, Callum. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Lewis and Milo are quite a lot younger. Um, so I think we've been there, kind of experienced it. I've been 15, I've been 12, and they've not been 18. So it's, it's kind of like you learn how to deal with it with different experiences. How old are you, Milo? 12. So you're 12, so you're coming into those teenage years. Yeah. Um, what, what do you think about teenage life? It's kind of made such a big thing of. I mean, to be honest, it's a bit, to me, like in the films, like Die of a Wimp Kid is a bit emo to me, but like locking yourself in a room being miserable. But, but I don't think it's like that. So you're going to grow your hair, wear a load of black? Maybe. <laughs> Lewis, you said like it being down about your disability. How easy is it to kind of talk to someone about that? It really depends on who who you trust to talk with because at the end of the, end of the day I'm not going to talk to someone that I've about my feelings that I've never met before so I have to have a good relationship with that person and I'm quite lucky because I've got support workers that I have a good relationship with so I can just and they can tell even without me saying when something's up um, it's easier if you've got the right people to talk to but it's yeah it's just easier in that way but more difficult if you a quite a shy and sort of laid back person and quite closed so yeah because like school's quite a massive part of that teenage years um callum how did you find the school experience uh school hit and miss i would definitely say it was one of my worst times but also my best time in the sense that i had to do much you just go there go home chill you know, just like the adults say, it's always good at school and then it gets worse. I do kind of believe that. But, like, people-wise, the kids around you, they're all, yeah, they're all little brats. Um, uh, But when you get older, when you get more mature, people become more mature, you get more accepted and, yeah. Little brats. Yeah. I oh, mean, I would say something else, but we know that's not going to make it in. So yeah, you second that, Lewis. Um, why? Why is that a big thing about school? People, it's it's huge. I mean, I I'm lucky I've left school now. Um, but I did get bullied quite a bit, just from people saying things, and some people even did stuff, um, which was a bit stupid. Yeah, it was just it didn't make me feel like I was. It just made me feel like an alien, basically. It didn't make me feel human. Because um, at the end of the day, I'm n- no different except from... I've got a couple of kilogram of carbon fibre attached to me. That's about it. I think school's a lot about, like, self-discovery. You find out who you are, like, as a person. I went through a lot of things at school. I dyed my hair. I always stood out, so I didn't really want to fit in. And that was kind of my mantra for being at school. I did get in trouble, got a few detentions here and there. Just because you're disabled doesn't mean you're like avoiding sanctions and stuff like that. But yeah, school's a lot about self-discovery and I think you've got to understand that people are also self-discovering themselves. So people make mistakes and people say things, but it's all about maturity and growth. I love that point you make about dyeing your hair. Yeah. So why did you do that? Was that to, did were you saying I stand out already? I'm going to carry on standing out. Well, like me as a person, my personality, I push boundaries. 
all the time in whatever I do. And I remember in the school handbook, it said you could dye your hair light colours. So I took that to the extreme. I was like, okay, I'm going to push that a little bit. Obviously, I got in trouble for it. And that's absolutely fine. But I think it was just a testament to who I was because I pushed boundaries all the, t- all the time. So that's just me. But yeah, I wouldn't recommend it to anyone starting a strict school. Milo, what, what do you enjoy about school? I mean, there are some lessons that I don't like at all. Like the ones where the, t- like, the teachers have to be a bit patient with me because like, I enjoy art because I'm a creative person, obviously. But it's, she's quite patient with me. It's like just some teachers, they're just not patient with me. And they'll just say, well, you didn't behave, so detention. So it's just patience with me. Is is there a behaviour issue there or is yeah, it just because is. the way you're there is, working? But some of it is and some of it's just I don't like the teacher and the, um, being patient with them because I'm probably not the most patient person. Do you ever ask for patience? Yeah, but probably not in the best way I could. Like I've always got a bit of attitude behind it at school. But I could probably say in a nice way and then they'll give it to me, maybe. Let's talk about independence because teenage years are a time where you really kind of want that independence. How do you kind of strive for that, Sophia? I mean, with a disability, no matter who you are, like there is always an extent to which your parents will wrap you in bubble wrap because they're scared and they're nervous about the things you'll experience if they allow you to do it for yourself. And there's an added sentiment of like vulnerability because of obviously your condition. But independence, for me, it only really comes when I'm pushed in the deep end to do stuff. I won't do it unless I'm pushed in the deep end to do stuff. Um, Independence is a journey and you get different things with it. You also make mistakes, get the consequences of it. But I wouldn't change it for the world and I'm striving for that when I go to uni, so. I love how you said that when obviously people listening don't know, but your parents are sat in the room. Yeah. Amazing. Hi, (laughs) (laughs) mum. Brilliant stuff. Um, It's interesting, you talk about parents and family, Sophia, but independence also in general public. Do you find that people try to smother you when you're out because they want to go, oh, you need help, I need to help you? Do you get that, Callum, or is it the opposite? Um, no, not at all. It's the opposite. People sort of like, want to avoid you, like avoid your situation. I mean, like, again, if you're with, uh, if I'm with parents and that, they'll do what they need to do. But I wouldn't say it's excessive. But people publicly, they won't really offer help. They just try to avoid it. They might do the odd thing, like open the door, but it's very rare. I bet you encounter rudeness. Yeah, people just tend to, like, stare sometimes. And it's like, okay, but what are you staring at? Um, I had this thing I got told many, many years ago. If people are going to stare at you, give them something to stare at. So whenever people stare at me, I just smile. And it's like, I think that's an unexpected reaction that they don't know what to do. So then they're like, oh, look away. It is quite a common thing. I think we all get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you kind of learn to um, not notice it as much as you get older. Like, I don't really notice people there. I mean, they do, don't get me wrong, but you don't notice it. And most often I get, like, the little kids who look at you or come up to you, but then 
they just don't understand. They're like, oh, what's wrong with you? I'm like, uh, I don't know. I just get awkward about it. I'm like, yeah. Is that almost nicer in a way that someone who is totally, as a child, totally naive, not knowing, and saying, what's wrong with you, rather than someone totally ignoring you and almost disregarding you? Yeah, no, it is nice. It's just, you never really know what to say to them because... Obviously, they're not at that age that they can fully understand. So you just sort of acknowledge them and just say hello. It's nice. And it's... I think they're more curious about... Like, they haven't seen one before or you don't really see them around. I think you just got to teach the younger people to accept it. Earlier, Milo, when you were talking about school, you talked about asking for patience from teachers because sometimes they got frustrated with you. Is there is there a similar vein with being out in public as well? I mean, not really, because I'm with loads of people normally. Like, I've got loads of people around me. They just help me. And if they look, and they just give them dirty looks. So it's normal. So I don't really mind it. you got your crew? Yeah. You're listening to the Knights Foundation podcast. The Knights Foundation provides support and equipment to disabled, deprived and seriously ill children and their families. Find out more at thenightsfoundation.org. Good days and bad days. Now, teenage years, you know, hormones flying all over the place. There's massive extremes of emotion. Let's talk Sophia and Lewis and Callum, obviously a bit older, maybe have seen a bit more of this. How did you find that, or how do you find that kind of hormonal period when there's so much going on and just trying to separate those good days and bad days? You're laughing already, Sophia. <laughs> yeah, I just looked out the corner of my eye and caught my mum's face. Um, I think it's not something that you go through. I think you'll always go through it to an extent because you've got the added condition on top of it and that brings a lot of like other emotions that perhaps other people wouldn't experience. Um, And I'm a very extreme person, so when I feel emotions, I feel them either to the extreme or I don't feel them at all. That's just me. So I feel like it is very emotionally challenging at times, but it's all part of who you are and it's all about growth and you learn how to kind of manage it and cope with it. Because at the end of the day, it makes you who you are. Your condition makes you who you are. I've always said that like, people with conditions are a concoction of beautiful things. That's what I like to call it, because everyone's different. Lewis, earlier on you said about how you feel quite down about your disability quite a lot. Has that been something for a long time or as you've grown up and kind of learnt more about it? I mean, I think... I think it's got more progressive as I've grown up because I've learnt more about my disability and I've learnt more about how, what I think other people think. Um, so, and that's why, so I, I do air cadets, right? And I'm, at the moment I haven't gotten because I just don't feel, because I'm, I'm the only one in the wheelchair at my air cadets. So I, I don't feel like it's, I don't know, I just don't feel comfortable at the moment with myself, in myself, to to go. Um, because I feel like I get special treatment and I don't want that. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's nice to, you know, go to a concert or something and get, like, skip the queue or whatever. But I don't want, I don't want special treatment because 
I'm just in a wheelchair. Like, I want to be treated like everyone else. In terms of feeling like that before, have you felt like that before and gone and done something? So with cadets at the moment, you're going, mm, don't really want to go. Have you had that feeling before, but actually gone gone somewhere in the end? Yeah, so, uh, for instance, I mean, when the Knights Foundation first did water skiing, I was not not too keen on it. I got dragged out there anyway, anyway by my mum. And in the end, I actually really enjoyed it. So, yeah, I mean, and it's quite... It's quite rare for me to push outside my comfort zone because I know that inside my comfort zone I'm safe. Whereas outside I'm like, oh gosh, okay. Um, so yeah, I, I had done before, but not not many times. How did it feel after the water skiing? Oh, I loved it. It was amazing. I, literally, it was. It literally felt like I could do anything after that. I mean, obviously I couldn't because I couldn't get out of the out of the lake, but <laughs> I, it, it felt like I could do anything. It was, it was, yeah, amazing. Are you ever able to channel that feeling? So when you're thinking about the cadets mm. and think, thinking, I might feel like that again. I mm. might feel like I can do anything again if I, if I go. Yeah, I'm not too sure. I mean, I don't know. I could, I, I've not really thought about it that way. So I guess I could, but I, I don't really know at the moment, if I'm being honest. Mm. Yeah. I love the thought of, skipping the queue and all that because everyone always says oh you know get decent parking get concert tickets you know being disabled is actually all right isn't it um what perks have you i know sophia you've talked about it before milo have you been to a concert or something and gone no, you know what this, this is all right it's the loudness i can't do but there's like we went to like a, like a theme park and we got to skip everything but that was, was a nice feeling and my brother and my sister they got really excited because the queues were massive and the wait time was like three hours for one of them and we went on it three times in a row so they got very happy with that when you talk about skipping the queue there so i'm guessing you're going past that long queue of people what kind of reaction do you get in that situation have you yeah. ever experienced anything there you get like some shock faces you get side eyes but you get some like people that don't care you just get normal people you don't stare so I mean yeah you do get a lot of stares but at the end of the day I, I obviously don't say this out loud but in my head I'm just like haha just imagine it makes you feel good that you are able to skip the queue but at the same time well, for me personally it makes me feel like I'm again getting special treatment that is too much if that makes sense and don't get me wrong I don't want to spend five hours in the queue just to go on a ride or something but it, it is, it's mixed, it's good and it's bad at the same time, but mostly good. I think it's something that's progressive though, because when I was younger, mum's always been avid to like take me to concerts, get me out and do things and do things together and realise that I can do them. And like the accessible platforms, I'd always be like, oh, I hate them. I hate that I'm different to everyone else. I hate that I'm in a different place. I hate that I stand out which relates back to what I was saying earlier, but as I grow up, like I went to Reading Festival last year and actually being on the accessible platform, you're thankful for it because you're not surrounded by crowds and all the people. I think you found a new appreciation for it. You don't really see it as a thing that makes you stand out. It's a thing that you can see a better view. You can see the artists on the stage. You're not in a crowd full of people. And I, um, festivals like that there's a lot of like drugs and things like that so you're not involved in that you're safe but you've also got the enjoyment of it 
So I think it's very progressive and it's something that you learn to kind of appreciate and embrace rather than reject. Is there anywhere you've been where there's not been provisions in place, Callum, where you've gone away from somewhere going, I wasn't able to do something today that I really wanted to do, that all my mates, my other teenage mates, they're, they're all doing it. Yeah. No, there definitely has been. Um, but, but I'm trying to think. I've got there have been loads. When that stuff happens, you leave it and you kind of throw it out of your mind and black out, forget about it. Bad day at the office. That's how I deal with it. A final point for this episode. It's the awkward one. Teenage years. Boyfriends, girlfriends. It's that time of life where you start going, ah, yeah, quite fancy them. How does that work? Do you find it easy to be able to talk to someone, ask someone to go on a date and say, ah, oh, I might need to think about um, accessibility when we go on this date or, or where we're going to go? First of all, this is really embarrassing because both my parents are in the room. Why, why do you think I asked you? <laughs> yeah, uh, thanks for that one. I mean, from experience, you tend to gravitate... I gravitate towards some wrong people sometimes, but you gravitate towards people that you build trust with. There's an added level of trust that you need to establish in order to build a relationship with someone because there's an added element of vulnerability in things that you can't do, but also things that you can and them understanding when to help you, but also not to smother you and to let you do things yourself. And I think once you find that balance of that dynamic, then yeah, it's pretty much standard, like every other relationship. You just find ways around it. Never experienced it. I mean, I have, but yeah, we won't won't go into detail. It's just, just awkward. Is this something you would worry about? Would you would you approach someone and say, oh, do you know what, do you want to go out for the night? But you're just worried about how, how that will logistically work. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. There have been times where I have tried to approach people, but I've not done. I mean, I've wanted to approach people, but I haven't because they're going to be like, oh, I don't want to go out with someone that's in a wheelchair. Like To me, it, I think that it lowers their street cred, as it were. And they're just, they'll just be known as the person who went out with a guy in a wheelchair. And I don't want that for them. I want them to, you know, be happy or whatever. Um, so, yeah, it, it is more difficult than, well, I would assume more difficult than being able to body and getting a relationship. Yeah. What worries you about that conversation? Because you're already putting their answer in your head, aren't you? Before you've had that conversation. Mm. I think it's just the fact that they don't want to be with me because I'm disabled. I think that's the main thing. Yeah, and like, I don't want them to think that they have to be my carer, if that makes sense, like, do everything for me. Yeah, no, I think it's definitely, you have to battle your own mind as well as actually um, get over the fact that they have their own, you never know, like, they might like you, but you would put their answer in your head and you're also battling your own mind thinking like, I don't have the confidence to do this. If I do this and it goes wrong, I look like an idiot. That's, I, I never have the confidence to approach someone like no, Never done it, never. Maybe one day. But yeah, it's a confidence thing. Well, that's the end of our first episode of the Knights Foundation podcast, talking about all sorts of things with regard to living life with disability, but not letting that stop you. Guys, it's been so nice chatting to you. We're going to do it all again because we've got so many cards 
to go through, so many topics to broach. We'll see you next time. See you soon. See you. Bye. Have a good one. <laughs> Have a good one. Have a good one. <laughs>